We talking about sports. Get ball. What it do, baby? Yeah. What it do, you number one podcast listeners? You have tuned in to a brand new edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I'm your host, Premel Bot, and today I am joined by my guy, Thomas Lewis. Welcome, Thomas. Hello. Happy to be here, as always. Yes, this is our, uh, it's becoming an annual thing. I'm going to make it annual, our NFL draft preview episode. And the last few years I've had you on because you are my go-to with scouting expertise. So uh, you really know your stuff. So I figure this is as good of an opportunity as any for our number one podcast listeners to be put on game for um, before the NFL draft rolls around. Yeah, and, and I think it's funny because a lot of a lot of like people I talk to are like, "Oh, you really know your stuff," and I'm like, "There's nothing I do that any other functioning sociopath can't do. You just have to be deeply fucking dedicated to the most mundane shit. Like, if you're cool watching Central Michigan football games for six hours, like you could do what I do. Like, there's nothing special about it. You just have to be willing to, you know, not work out, gain a bunch of weight, let let your whole self care go. But it's not as hard as it seems. But I am I am happy to be the one person that is getting fat for everybody else's benefit. It's it's a sacrifice that, you know, me and the number one podcast listeners really appreciate out of you. That's the so. real skill. The sacrifice yeah. is the skill. Exactly. You know, what's tougher? What you're doing or these guys working out and trying to do drills in their underwear? I mean, I would argue. I'm, I'm going to honestly say it's me because I, there's no, you know, like $50 million contract waiting for me somewhere. So I'm going to exactly. say the sacrifice I make is tougher than the sack. It's like people are like, oh, when someone wins an Emmy or something, like, oh, he worked so hard. I'm like, he got paid like $3 million to play pretend in a movie that somebody else came <laughs> up with. Like, none of these people deserve shit. Like, <laughs> someone else wrote it, someone yeah, else like, directed the camera angles, everything. Yeah, he literally just showed up, said words someone else told him to do, and they're like, what a performance. Like, <laughs> On that note, you number one podcast listeners, a note from our sponsor, which appropriately is from Sleep Battle. You may know something about Sleep Battle. I do. I am. I'm vaguely familiar. This episode of Prem Brulee is sponsored by Sleep Battle, a content creator, photographer, and artist based in Asbury Park, New Jersey. From cinematic stills, unique and classic wedding and elopement photos, even product or commercial photography like you see for the Prem Brulee brand, Sleep Battle is a full-service studio, and stay tuned for their film, Please Laugh, coming very soon. So visit their Instagram, at Sleep Battle, that's S-L-E-E-P-A-T-T-L-E, and give at Please Laugh Film a follow while you're at it, too. All right, you number one podcast listeners. We have made it to the NFL Draft Preview Edition of Prem Brulee. As you know, the NFL Draft fast approaches, so I want to do right by you and bring in the expert to answer your questions, answer my questions, and get you ready for the NFL Draft so you can pretend to know more than the person sitting next to you claims to be an expert. So it's the pretty boys versus without the further ado, boys. Thomas, let's have at it. We'll start with yeah, fam or not. Nah. I'm in. I love this. This is the best part of the show. Let's go. Okay. This edition, obviously, of the NFL Draft Preview uh, is a little different for you number one podcast listeners. Um, just before we get started, it'll be heavy on the who you got because that's where all your questions come in. So uh, we got a, f- a short 
first couple sections, and then we'll hit all the questions uh, for you to answer, Thomas. Anyway, back to FM or nah. I wanted to do a little intro for the NFL draft and then get a few of your overall thoughts on it. Uh, so the NFL draft is coming up here April 27th through the 29th. It is taking place in Kansas City this year. Um, so dumb. <laughs> it's like the worst you're, city. You're, your boy, Cincinnati Bearcat Travis Kelsey, is even throwing a music festival that weekend. Also stupid, but it's like, it's, <laughs> it's so. Why would he do it that weekend? Like, all right, continue. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, as many of you know by now, the top five are the Panthers who traded into the number one pick. We discussed that last episode. The Houston Texans at number two. Uh, Lovey Smith sends your regards for not being number one. The Arizona Cardinals are number three. The Indianapolis Colts are picking at four, and the Seattle Seahawks are picking at five. And that is obviously the Broncos pick, which they got for Russell Wilson. Uh, day one, as has been going on the last couple of years, is on Thursday the 27th. Um, day two, then that'll cover just round one. Uh, day two is Friday night and covering round two, uh, rounds two and three. And then day three is Saturday, uh, covering the rest of the draft, rounds four through seven. The most picks are held by the Houston Texans and Las Vegas Raiders. They each have 12 picks in this year's draft. Um, The fewest picks are the Miami Dolphins. They have just four selections. As far as multiple first-round picks, you have the Houston Texans, the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, and Philadelphia Eagles. They're all picking more than once in the first round um also notable kind of goes along with the dolphins having the fewest picks they forfeited their um round one pick so they're just 31 selections in this year's first round so don't be alarmed when you see one fewer selection on that thursday night as far as um nice segue no first round picks to go along with those teams that have multiples the cleveland browns the denver broncos the los angeles rams the San Francisco 49ers and the aforementioned Miami Dolphins have no first-round picks. So unless they trade back in, those fans are probably starting to tune in on Friday. Um, the top 100 picks, uh, the teams with the most picks in that top 100, presumably the top 100 prospects, they'll have their chance at. The Lions, Seahawks, and Texans each have five picks in the top 100. So um, quite the haul that those teams will be able to get um, – Two of them were borderline slash playoff teams, so they're going to be able to revamp their teams even further, and the Texans uh, definitely need that many picks. Yeah. All three of those teams traded away their franchise quarterback, though. Crazy. That is yeah. a wild <laughs> coincidence. Great. Yeah, that's how they got the picks, and, and honestly, it's, like, very worth it. It's extremely worth it when you look at, like, the way they're set up. Look at just look at the three. Te- who would you rather be? Would you rather be in the Browns situation right now or the Texans? I'd rather be in the yeah. Texans because they have a shot to rebuild. The Seahawks or yeah. the Broncos? I'd rather be the Seahawks and the Lions or the Rams. Super Bowl aside, right now I'd rather be the fucking Lions. So like, just keep Great trading point. your quarterbacks. I know you've always been on that yeah. team, so uh, yeah, you definitely have proof in this year's draft of it working. Um, and then last but not least, the team with the fewest top 100 picks are, is the San Francisco 49ers. You could argue they've had a great free agency somehow reloading their defense uh, more. And we'll see what they do at quarterback. Looks like Brock Purdy will be it'll be his job to lose. Um, 
despite them using an early pick on Trey Lance. Should have been Justin Fields, I maintain, but uh, I digress. I agree. Um, anyway, so given all that, um, we wanted to uh, give you a lay of the land before we get started into these uh, specifics. I want to get your FM or not. This is a deep draft. Give us a broad overview of how we're looking this year. Nah. You know, and, nah. and pe- yeah, and people say it all the time. They're like, oh, you know, next year's draft is deep or this year's draft is deep. No, there are guys legitimately who, like, I, the, every draft has about, let's say, 150 guys that are actually going to make any sort of impact on an NFL roster. Right. Like, 150 is, like, a very reasonable number. There's how many picks now? It's, like, two, it's over 256 now, I think. But yeah. th- there's however many picks there are now. And I'd say a bit less, a little more than half of them are actually going to have any impact. And it's random. Every single draft has exactly the name. So when someone says, is this a deep draft? The answer is no. There's no such thing as a deep draft. There's really no draft where there's, like, 200 guys that are going to contribute. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where, like, there's just, there's, you need a complete perfect storm for that to happen. And this isn't it. In terms of, like, elite prospects, are there multiple elite prospects? Also, no. I think that when I think of a deep draft, I think of there's a stud at every position. There's, like, a guy that's blowing away the competition at every position. This draft doesn't have that. It's not a deep draft. Got it. More on those later, uh, especially the, elite part of it and position by position breakdown um you know we're here for the people so and we'll also link a nice little mock draft of yours and uh do our thing with uh your top 50 board for the people so they can get a look at how you ranked the prospects okay uh before we hit a quick um you played yourself i got a couple quick ones for you beyond this um now that the first two picks are presumably going quarterback some combination of bryce young and cj stroud the eyes seem to be turning towards the number three pick held by the arizona cardinals obviously they have kyler murray and want to stick with them despite uh, him being hurt so yeah fam or not the cardinals should trade pick number three yeah absolutely i mean i i most teams should trade down that's just the way the value of having the most yeah. players works. And like, if the Panthers trading up makes sense, but like the Texans should trade down. You know, the Cardinals should trade down. Ideally, the Panthers never should have traded up in an ideal world because they would have had a trade down partner. Look, the Bears just got first overall and traded down. Doesn't matter quarterback or not. Every single team wants to trade down. There's about there's probably about 20 teams that want to trade down and only five that want to trade up. And that's really yeah. where the, the the fine lines get drawn because, you know, a team like, say, you know, just hypothetically, the Jaguars want to trade up and they're like, OK, we want to trade up to 12 to get the Texans second pick that the one they got from Cleveland. But they want X or, you know, do you think we could trade up to 16 and get that? All those teams are willing to trade down and take that call. Um, So the Cardinals absolutely should trade down just for the sake of unless you're getting one of those guys that's like a can't miss prospect, you should be trading down. I dig it. Okay. And last but not least, I wanted to cover a little bit of news and wrap it into YFM or not. Uh, Big news out of the free agency front. uh, Odell Beckham Jr. 
finally signed with the team. The Baltimore Ravens signed him to a one-year deal worth up to $18 million. I believe it's $15 million guaranteed. Um, obviously, the Ravens have been in the headlines for um, the saga with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, if or not, with the signing of OBJ, Lamar Jackson is staying in Baltimore. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say he was always going to stay. Um, I don't think it happens until the draft or until right after the draft, just because the Ravens are the one with leverage here. So yeah. I, I don't see themselves giving away leverage necessarily. I do think that the Ravens played it perfectly. They let him go on the market, let him request a trade. Ray Lewis requested a trade from the Ravens. People don't remember that. You know what? Can you name the teams Ray Lewis played for in his career? It's one. It's the fucking Ravens. <laughs> the Ravens. So yeah. it's the so it's just posturing. It's all just yourself. posturing, and people were like, "Oh, now it's real." No, 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 no. It's never real. Yeah. He was always going to be a Raven. This all but confirms it. The only way I could see it not happening is if something crazy happens, like Anthony Richardson falls to that like. 15 yeah. to 19 range and the Ravens are probably like, you know, we get the same kind of value out of it. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I and I doubt that happens, but um I I don't think Odell signs without I mean, yeah. you saw that they were FaceTiming and whatnot. It it seemed like it was a planned move. He wanted to play with Lamar, so I think at the very least Lamar plays on this um franchise tag and they get a year together and then we'll see what happens but um i don't think lamar's playing on the tag you think it'll get a deal done yeah i think he's getting a deal done there's no way he's playing on the tag no way i jeez i I wouldn't if if they can get somewhere in between depending on how the draft rolls rolls out if you're lamar jackson odds are this is just like your last contract anyway and a lot and i think a lot of this is people are like oh it's not it's not the high average he wants. That's like, I yeah. think, I, I think he's tried making that very clear. Lamar Jackson is a actually very intelligent human being, um, yeah. despite his incoherent tweets and his, you know, <laughs> not hiring an agent and things like that. You know, just being an eloquent speaker or public speaker or public address or whatever you want to call it doesn't mean you're not intelligent. He's a very intelligent right. guy. He's made it clear to me at least, and to you know, other people I've talked to, especially I have some salary cap guys that I'm friends with that are like, this is what he wants. He wants a longer deal. He doesn't care yeah. if it's $20 million a year. You know, If they yeah. could give him that for whatever, he wants a for very long... Yeah, he yeah. wants a long deal. He doesn't want a five-year, $30 million deal You know, with $150 million guaranteed. He was like, he will take eight, he'll take eight years at a discount. You know, I could see him taking eight years, 30 million fully guaranteed or whatever, because that's it. He's yeah. done. You know what I mean? Right. And he doesn't have to worry about getting cut, getting another contract. So I think the Ravens yeah. are going to basically say, like, do we really want to pay this guy for, let's say, it's six, seven years at 40 million? I mean, he's worth more. He's an MVP. But, you know, at yeah. 40 million, seven years, what is the, what is that? 200 was that 280 million dollars? That's yeah. probably not a terrible deal right there no that's less less than mahomes granted mahomes won super bowls like i realize that but that's yeah. the price of the market right now and by the time he gets even in the middle of that contract the average value of quarterback contracts is going to be way above that by then yeah a hundred percent that's a great deal for the ravens and fully guarantee it give lamar is 280 and don't fucking and they give them their like injury guarantees all this but yeah. this isn't a salary cap episode don't bullshit it put it in the fucking yeah. escrow that's his money let him take loans against it none of that shit yeah 
Agreed. Well, we'll see how that plays out. I'm interested to see how the what happens in the draft. Um, you know, more on working things out in the draft. But uh, interesting enough, I was looking back at our notes from last year's draft preview, and all the rumors were around. You know, Kadarius Tony and um, Debo Samuel of all people being traded around the draft, and then yeah. out, out of nowhere, it was AJ Brown. So. Uh, yeah, that movement that's in the draft happens. is always surprising. Yeah, kind of wild. Anyway, let's move on to You Played Yourself. Let's hit that You Played Yourself intro, baby. I'm petty as hell. And I'm super petty. Here we Petty, Petty Le Pew. Go. That's right, you number one podcast listeners. We have You Played Yourself. Now, I know you came here for the spiciness, but this is the NFL Draft Preview. I wanted to address all the questions you sent in for... Thomas so I got one quick one that fits the theme in the NFL right now so uh, you played yourself goes to YouTube TV Uh, they announced their pricing for NFL Sunday ticket as you may or may not be aware Sunday tickets uh, contract with DirecTV ran out after this past season so YouTube TV got the rights to that package they released their prices just this week it is going to cost YouTube TV subscribers $349 for the season, or uh, if you bundle it with Red Zone, it's $389. I don't know anyone that buys it without Red Zone. If you you do that option, you shouldn't. You should upgrade to the Red Zone. I'm just telling you right now. I don't know that there is anyone like that that wouldn't use Red Zone, but it's the best thing ever. Um, Now, uh, there is early bird pricing that's $100 cheaper, so you YouTube, YouTube TV subscribers... Um, you could pay $249 if you purchased before June 6th or $289 uh, for the red zone version. Now, um, folks that are non YouTube TV subscribers, it's going to run you a little bit more for the NFL Sunday ticket minus red zone. That's going to be $449 for the season or $349. If you register early, um, for the red zone version, it's four hundred eighty nine dollars, oh. or if you do it early before June six, three hundred eighty nine dollars. Oh. That is uh, pretty significantly more from the Directv price. So, um, get out your pocketbooks or your bootleg websites. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's pretty pricey to me. Uh, Ultimate, you played yourself to the type of streaming that's supposed to be like for the people that doesn't seem very for the people to me uh obviously they have bills to pay but uh that do you is watch quite, it was. do you do you watch a lot of sunday ticket or are you just a red zone guy i watch more red zone but um i utilize i do use well you know just yeah just because they didn't put this out there and people don't realize adding yeah. red zone to a youtube tv subscription is only ten dollars you think they'll still have that option it's yeah it's available right now it's they have to bake it in for a year. Well, that's the way to go. If that's you're, the way to go, seventy dollars yeah. a month. You you use it as your cable. You get red yeah. zone. You don't get Sunday ticket um, at all. That's that's like you know some people are like it. And Sunday tickets now going to have incri- like really cool things. Like oh, you can have mul- you could build your own boxes effectively. Yeah. You could be like oh, I want to watch these four games and like these four fantasy alerts, whatever. I'm sure they're doing cool stuff. It's never going to be worth three hundred and eighty nine dollars. No when, way. Yeah. When yeah. When if you want to cut your cable, 
you could just get YouTube TV, add the sports package. Now you're talking, what is it, $80 a month or $70 a month? It's only $10 yep. a month extra. You're talking about $120 a year just for Red Zone. That's the only value here. Yep. And highly recommend Red Zone. Like I said, if you haven't checked it out, it's incredible. The only way yeah, I get the way Sunday ticket, it. I mean, obviously I'm a Cowboys fan, so they're on national TV quite a bit. But if I were a fan of a team that doesn't get that love nationally and I'm Go not Bengals. in the area, then I would maybe spring for Sunday tickets so I could watch my team every week. But um, I was debating asking to switch your address because I was like, I wonder if the Bengals are the local team for him. They're, start, they're starting to be, obviously – the Cleveland, Browns yeah. in Columbus kind of take the cake, but since the Bengals have been good, they've obviously gotten a lot, a lot more love over the last couple years. Rightfully really, so. Really quick, am I crazy? Or growing up with CBS AFC teams and Fox NFC teams, or did I just like imagine this shit? No, you're no, you're absolutely correct because I was so used, I was always used to the Cowboys being on NFC. They've started to loosen that. Yeah, um, it's like great. Now I don't years. know. Yeah. I used to just like blindly yeah. know, but now it's they, a little. I always thought the home team was on CBS if they were in the AFC, and if yep. they were in the NFC, the home team was on Fox. I think, and, I think you're actually spot on. That's how it used to be, but now the networks are starting to mix it up. So yeah, and they're like that just happened. Games. I want to say that started last year, even. So for the longest time, it was a given. You know, Cowboys fans. I was always defaulting to the nfc you know fox instead of yeah. cbs but um now it's a little bit hit or miss anywho um i also i wanted to mix in a i still want to do a non-sports you played yourself i've been enjoying adding my little quirks and pet peeves in here so um my non-sports you played yourself fits in from last episode's theme i talked a little bit about airport fashion or lack of airport fashion also uh uh, you played yourself goes to the people that stand up right when the plane lands. I don't know what you're hoping to accomplish. Like you think they're stretching you're just their legs them. from the bottom of my heart. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. I listened to this podcast with such ire because it felt like a hit, a hit piece on me. <laughs> you should see my slob ass at an airport. It is disgusting. I am a terror. I'm in like whatever. I'm in socks and sandals. I am like, in sh yeah, shorts. I'm a mess. I've got thin sweatpants on. Sometimes I unbutton them. It's a, it's a mess. I'm a mess. In I there. still and prefer that. Still I prefer st that to the jeans and blazer look. I, yeah, that's true. But I stand before the plane lands. I, I, I want to be in the air for impact. <laughs> and here's a fun fact about me. And that's pretty badass. And some people, you know, you could ask uh, some people I've traveled with. I'm not going to name their names, but you can ask them. I don't wear a seatbelt on the plane. <laughs> I don't do it. Great. I've flown to Australia, which is about the longest flight you could do in the world. No seatbelt. I'm not wearing a seatbelt. Not doing it. It makes no sense. that If that plane is 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 going through that turbulence first i could just grab onto the arm seats all right i'm not a fucking loser um two if the, there's turbulence i just grab on i'm good if that plane like hits the fucking ground what is that seat belt going to do for me there is no <laughs> way i'm sacrificing so i i am full board just being comfortable dressing as in any way shape or form in an airport is fucking insane 
I don't know why these guys are doing it. I, I know some people are like, oh, they come from business meetings or they're landing and someone's picking them up. Fucking change losers. Just change. How long does <laughs> just, it take you to get dressed put, that you're like... Just put the fucking blazer in your bag. Yeah, just fucking change, you loser. Like, what do you think? You're going to meet the love of your life on a Spirit Airlines trip? <laughs> it's always those guys looking for upgrades, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm mad hey, that they uh, didn't get upgraded. Yeah. I might be sitting, uh, you know, way in the back of the plane, but I'm dressed pretty business. So what do you think? Maybe we can just put me in that section or? Yeah, I hate those. Put on, put on your seatbelt unless you're Thomas. Yeah, those guys should buckle up. They're in for a wild ride. <laughs> on that note, let's get to the main event where I get to pick your brain and everything NFL draft. So let's move on to who you got, what you're feeling. Let's do it. Let's do it. This week, we have questions from you, number one podcast listeners, and some sprinkled in um, that I have for you, Thomas. So without further ado, first up, we have questions from the number one podcast listeners. Will the Texans screw up and draft another backup center from a D2 school? Obviously tongue-in-cheek, but um, hit that Kawhi laugh. (laughs) Texans fans down bad lately, but it's looking up like we talked about at the top of the episode, right, Thomas? Got tons of picks. I actually like the Texans' position here. I don't, and to answer it directly, no, they will not draft another backup <laughs> center from a D2 school. Um, I think that there's this, the old brain trust is still there, but I do think Demeco Ryans, and I think this is part of, he sued that team. People forget this. <laughs> Demeco no. Ryans sued the fucking Texans. He sure and, did. Yeah, and I think that part of him going there was basically like, I'm calling the shots. I don't care whose title is what. I'm calling the fucking shots for my team. And yep. I I think that Texans fans can kind of listen. The owner Bob McNair is never is is a uh, is never fucking firing that religious whack job. The guy that's basically yeah. from Waco. Like that guy's. I forget his name right now. He's a fucking loser. Uh, is it Nick Nick Casario? Yes, Nick Casario. That's the idiot. Um, yeah. He was never firing him. That was never happening because then the optics are bad uh, from firing him. I do think he's going to sit there, but no, they aren't going to draft another backup center from a D2 school. If anything, I'll go as far to say is I believe the Texans are in one of the best positions in the draft. Oh, love that. Love that for the fam. Okay, next up on who you got is another question from number one podcast listeners. Is CJ Stroud truly ready to lead an NFL team? I added in day one because I assume that's what uh, the number one podcast listener meant. Day one, no. Um, I just think that that's Ryan Day's fault. He does not develop these guys. It's also not his job to develop these guys for the NFL. I know a lot of Ohio State fans, yourself included, have their problems with Ryan Day. Um, I don't think he's – it's not his job to develop these guys – to be good NFL prospects. That's not his fucking job. Like, what did Michigan actually get out of Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time? Nothing. They didn't even particularly get a boost in recruiting. So it's like, it's relatively nothing that you get from these guys being successful in the NFL. Out of it, Getting them drafted is what's important. Getting them drafted is what helps recruiting. You don't see guys like Post like, Oh, we have, you know, eight guys that are starting in the league. They get drafted and then their career is pretty much over if they're a bad guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. like the, the Ohio State is not Yeah, like Ohio State is not still up on the wall of like, fame. Yeah. 
It, yep. It's all that matters. So I don't think he's ready yeah. day one. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I don't think a lot of quarterbacks are ready day one. I'd say he's about where Jared Goff was coming out, where, yes, he can lead a team, but he would need the right people around him to do it. Too bad. Uh, news flashes. <laughs> I don't think either of the first two yes. teams are it. Yeah, that's that's really the problem. And the, the Rams weren't it for Goff either. And then, right. look, he ended up going to a Super Bowl. And they're, they're extremely similar prospects in the sense of if you could keep them upright, they're elite. They're elite, but if you can't yeah. keep them upright, they're functionally bad quarterbacks. Right. All right. Well, more on QBs later, obviously, um, and we'll get your top five picks here in a second, too. Next up, with the Lions trading away Okuda, speaking of personally, you played yourself. I know uh, you and I, you got yes. me on this one. You were <laughs> right on with Okuda. Unfortunately for Buckeye fans, didn't pan out in Detroit. He was traded away to the Falcons for just a fifth-round pick. Given that, uh, it seems likely that the Lions Lions are already kind of leaning cornerback as a possibility. Yeah. Um, if they are thinking corner, which one should they target? Christian Gonzalez is the best cornerback in this draft. Um, I think Devon, Devin Devon Witherspoon. I think Witherspoon is a fantastic guy. His measurables are fucking tough in terms of his arm length. That stuff is bad. Like, there's never been a cornerback drafted that high with those bad of measurables, percentiles, and things like that. Um, he's a fast, he's a good athlete, but he's just not built great for the position. Um, Joey Porter Jr., absolute opposite. The guy was made in a lab to play corner, just like Sauce yeah. Gardner, who I loved. I, Sauce Gardner was one of my favorite prospects last year. Um, I do yes, think Christian was. Gonzalez is perfect for what they want to do. I think he could be there at 18. Um, I would not take one or look at one at six. I don't think there's a okay. sure. Yeah, I don't think there's a surefire guy there. I would look at Christian Gonzalez for them specifically in the scheme they run. It would be between Christian Gonzalez or Cam Smith. I don't think Witherspoon or Porter are perfect for them. Or or Deontay Banks, who's another great cornerback, uh, super fast, but also I just don't think he's perfect for what the lines do. Got it. That's what we want to know, number one podcast listeners. We all like corners or have heard of certain ones, but fit matters, um, obviously, and and some good fortune with health on yeah. Okuda. Okuda's okay. problem was just that he didn't learn fast enough. He was a really yeah. good cornerback at Ohio State. Like People watch this stuff, and it's like, okay, but he's not guarding Cooper Cup right there. So it's like if he gets beat a little bit, like, is it true Okuda never had a penalty in college or never had like a pass interference or something like that, right? See, that's just because he was never in a position where he needed to pass interfere. You know, he's playing against shitty quarterbacks. Like, who the fuck? No offense. Like, you know, I I often find myself being an asshole to you and saying like, oh, Michigan's (laughs) pretty good this year. But like, who the fuck? What quarterback was actually challenging Jeff Okuda? No, no. You know what I mean? Especially, he was just, especially that those years he was there. Yeah. He's he was just one of those guys and this happens a lot where people are like, "Oh, he was so good. He was like he dominated." It's just yeah. like, "Yeah, but he never did NFL stuff from a cornerback position." Yeah. It does seem in general like obviously this is just a blanket term, but you kind of want guys that were aren't weren't on great teams cuz you know they're going to yeah. get tested. Yeah. It's uh, true. It's true. That is part of Ohio State's problem. Yeah. They had quite a stretch. Now their secondary sucked lately. So if someone sticks out yeah, now, now it'll maybe be it'll be more impressive. Yeah. Okay. 
Next up, uh, we got some more questions. I got a stretch of them. Um, Let's do it. How far will Jalen Carter fall, if at all? Obviously, he had some trouble with uh, the law yeah, he's a piece recently. Of shit. Yeah, yeah, he's a piece um, of shit. Some His maturity agent's not going to listen. His agent's not going to listen to this. We can call him a piece of shit. Boys versus the petty boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Okay. Yeah, there Will it is. He's he, a piece of shit. Will he drop? Uh, obviously, he chose to not visit anyone outside of the top 10. He's confident he's going in that top 10. Is that yeah. the case? Yep. Um, will he fall at all? No, he won't fall, but he's not as good a prospect as people think he is. I think. Okay. I think. I love Jalen Carter. Bulldogs fan. I watch I've watched almost every Jalen Carter game. People mm-hmm. think that Jalen Carter is going to come in and start terrorizing on defense. He is like not Aaron that Donald. guy. He is not that guy. Jalen Carter is a phenomenal phenomenal athlete. He is a, a freak. He is a better version of Haloti Nada. If you remember Haloti wow. Nada, that's yeah. he's a better version of Haloti Nada. But guess what? Haloti Nada was not a terrorizer. Right. He was not Aaron Donald. They play completely different positions. What he do is extremely valuable. You know like how often a team right now is like look at how many RPOs there are. The shotgun is at like a 69% rate or something like that. Um, nice. Going in single back. So for yeah, I know it is kind of it's a, it's a good number. <laughs> But that means that teams are sitting there 31% of the time coming out with their, their quarterback under the center. In those yeah. situations, Jalen Carter is going to be the best player on the field. So right. if you can have the best player or a huge advantage for 30% of your team's snaps, that is what makes Jalen Carter great. He's not going to fall, although he should. He should go undrafted. This guy's about to be a millionaire. You should not be able to do shitty things and then be a millionaire. But he's not going to fall. So speaking of Georgia, I know you loved Jordan Davis last year. Uh, I did. He's on the Eagles now. How do these two guys compare? They did play together, obviously, at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Davis is more of a gap attacker. Uh, And for a lot of people that aren't super familiar with, like, the X's and O's side of things, um, a gap attacker is a guy that basically doesn't actually like to be lined up and push back his guy. Despite his huge size, what makes Jordan Davis elite was his ability to move around guys. So he wants to sit inside the shoulders. Jalen Carter wants to get right in front of his fucking guy. Jalen Carter's going to disrupt the play by using the guy in front of him to make that pocket even smaller on the quarterback. Love that breakdown. Nice and easy to understand. Okay. What should the Chicago Bears, who formerly had the number one pick, trade it for a nice little haul? Um, seemingly, the Bears have a lot of needs, obviously. Um, who should? What position, who should they prioritize at number nine? I, I have them in my mock, so this is our first spoiler pick in the mock, but I okay. can't I can't stress this enough. This is one of the things I'm actually most passionate about in this draft. If they don't draft JSN for Justin Fields, specific not a wideout, JSN yeah. for Justin Fields, they should be tried for malpractice. Look at what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are doing right now. Justin Fields needs a guy that comes from that Ryan Day system. They, he can talk with them. He can level with them. They have a familiarity. He needs a guy. They traded for Chase Claypool, not the guy. 
They got DJ Moore. DJ Moore could be the guy. DJ Moore could be great. But you know what DJ Moore yeah. is? DJ Moore is a vet. DJ yeah. Moore is going to be telling Justin Fields what to do. And that is not what Justin Fields needs. Justin Fields needs a guy. He can say, hey, let's do XX. Justin Fields is a confident quarterback. There's a lot of quarterbacks that I say. Zach Wilson, confidence quarterback. These guys could be great. If if they start firing, their confidence yeah. is good. That's a deal breaker yep. for them. You see Justin Fields has zero fucking confidence in anyone on his team. He has zero confidence. <laughs> that's he why, he, around that's why you he, rush for 1,000 yards. Oh, he never and, did and that at Ohio State. <laughs> never had to. A thousand difficult yards. These are not. Yes. These are not. I don't want to downplay what Lamar does. These are not Lamar Jackson yards. These yeah. are. It's like it's like the Benny Hill music might have been should have been playing when Justin <laughs> Fields was running around. He would. He the things he did for that Bears team, and they still ended up the worst team in the league. Are yeah. is that it would be malpractice not to go ahead and get JSN for him and say, that's your guy. We're, we believe in you. We got you your guy. Let's move on. Wow, that got me fired up. My ultimate like long shot, basically no chance pipe dream is that somehow JSN falls to the Cowboys. But um, that would make me pumped to get see that Smith and Yeah, Jim, that is uh, not Justin happening Fields. for sure. It's not. I know. I'm... I'm I am aware of that, but it is hence the pipe dream part. Okay, I love this question. Uh, you'll probably know who it's from based on how I read it. I wish I could do the voice, but uh, his you know signature voice. The Packers clearly need more pass catching help. What Georgia defender will they take at fifteen? <laughs> Obviously a joke, but if they had to, I would say Nolan Smith or Keely Ringo. Um, yeah. I, I do think that the Packers are are going to help Jordan Love. I don't necessarily think that they can fucking stop themselves from taking a Georgia defender. <laughs> Especially the, with ones in that area. Yeah, I, it's it's incredible. And like the thing with Georgia is back, you know, back to back champs. Um, they played or actually one of the greatest college I know I'm sorry one of the greatest college football games I've ever seen against Ohio State that was yeah. like a master class in most people being good Marvin Harrison isn't yeah. concussed we're not back-to-back champs it's just yeah. that's I 100% believe that but yeah. a lot of these teams want these Georgia guys because they're proven winners and I think yeah. that drafting a proven winner on defense is relatively useless when they're all fucking winners yeah. You know, it's like, does Keely Ringo actually have that winning formula in him, or are they winning a national championship without him? True. Well, if they go offense, I know this is a joke, but if the Packers do go offense, who should they target in that range right in the middle of the first round? Uh, Quentin Johnson, Dalton Kincaid would be good. Um, I could even see, like, Jordan Addison. They should definitely get somebody. Um, they really have never – they never really did Aaron Rodgers any favors. Not that he deserves it, but they never yeah. really did Aaron Rodgers any favors. And I think specifically they're going to do Jordan Love favors just to be petty. <laughs> Sound it, baby. <laughs> you played yourself Hall of Fame member Aaron Rodgers. Never forget. Yeah, I do I do think they're finally going to draft a receiver. You, it just kind of feels like it's going to happen now. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's so intentional. Getting rid of them. Yeah. Um okay. We meant we talked about this a little earlier. Um the next question is what high profile player 
can we expect to be moved on draft night? Uh, we talked about last year how all the thoughts then were, you know, about Kadarius Tony and Debo Samuel. Um, Tony did end up getting moved to the Chiefs, uh, but Debo stayed put on the Niners. Uh, the surprise one was AJ Brown, and then uh, Hollywood Brown got moved too last year. Any players you think might get moved on, on draft, draft night? I would say uh, Devin White, Derrick yeah, Henry just requested yeah. a trade. Devin White, Derrick Henry is a possibility. I'd yeah. say if you told me that Saquon Barkley got traded on draft night to the Chiefs or something like that, I would be like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, Wouldn't even surprise if, you. Yeah, I would not surprise me. If the Bills if the Bills called with 27 and said, we want Saquon Barkley, yeah, they're doing that. Like the Giants are saying, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, I would not be shocked to see those guys get traded. If you want to see, like, more of a hot take and you're like, all right, like, what's actually happening here? I would not be shocked, not be totally floored, would not be the craziest thing in the world. To see the Titans trade Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, all these guys are gone. And I also, just hypothetically, just purely out there, Mac Jones could get moved. I know they're saying no. Uh, I know they're saying they're not moving him. I think if there's a guy at 14 that they like, I could see Mac Jones getting moved. Um, There's a lot of guys this draft I could see getting wheeled and dealed. Uh, Definitely one of those, maybe not day one just because none of them are worth it. But definitely one of those commanders linemen. They can't pay them all. Yeah. And you can't not pay Chase Young. So it's Montez right. Sweat. Montez Sweat I could see going for a first-round pick. I mean, and he, he balled out in Chase Young's absence, so they could get pretty good value from him. Who doesn't need a pass rusher? I love Chase Young. Now I'll never give up on him. I know. Hopefully yep. he can it, be healthy. Yeah. It's never given guy. up. Um. Which team is basically already screwed? Uh, Colts. Colts. Yeah, rosters. Yeah, roster is a fucking disaster. Head coach disaster. Whole thing's bad. Um, they they don't have the makeup of a team to be as bad as they are, and they don't have the position to draft a blue chip prospect like they need to. They're they're screwed because they're gonna have to take you know, and it is possible. I, I mean, I have hot takes, but we'll get to those. We'll get to mock drafts and stuff later. You know, it is yeah. possible good guys available, but it looks like they're going to have to choose between Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. And the most valuable yeah. thing in the NFL, the most valuable thing is a quarterback on a rookie contract. And wasting years developing that guy is not great. And let's say Anthony Richardson comes in and, you know, he's like Michael Vick at the beginning of his career. Which is totally yeah. possible, which is entirely – it's not out of the realm. Michael Vick wasn't a polished passer coming out either. It's just a freak athlete who had a legitimate bazooka attached to his torso. Um, they're, just, they're still not winning shit. Jonathan Taylor doesn't even look good anymore. Like yeah. this whole team needs to be stripped down to the studs, to the, to the absolute studs. That team is not rebuilding in any – they are the biggest trade down. People are like, oh, they're going to trade up. No, no, no. That team should trade down more than anybody in the world. Also, the Cardinals, just because Kyler Murray's very possibly going to miss the entire next year. So yeah, because he got hurt so late in the year. Yeah, that's like a very real. What are you going to do if the Cardinals are, you know, uh, Brock Strevely or Ooh. whoever the fuck they're going to play at a quarterback this year? Yeah. Uh, whatever moron takes snaps for them. What are you going to do when they're zero and ten, one and nine, whatever it is? 
are you going to bring Kyler Murray back and say, turn this ship around? Or are you just going to shut Kyler Murray down, get the first overall pick, ship Kyler Murray off somewhere, and draft yeah. Caleb Williams? So the Cardinals. Yeah, I was going to say Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're, yeah, so you're obviously going to reset. They are in complete win. There's no way to win this year situations. And, you know, when 30 NFL teams can say there's a chance and those two teams are like, I don't even see a path. That's how you know those teams are fucked. Like, even the Bears, hypothetically, who were just the worst team in the league, you know, DJ Moore is a huge addition. Say Justin Fields makes yeah. a leap. That There's a chance there. There's just really yeah. no shot for the Colts or Cardinals. Yeah, and the I mean, you look at the Bears. They used their cap space. They beefed up the line a little bit, and they'll be able to presumably – do that more in the draft so yeah they're in a yeah. much much better shape <laughs> yeah it's Fields true it I, and no they skill. had they had my second favorite offseason of any team in the league the bears who's the first cowboys what it do baby wow. yeah. just love to hear it yeah oh my god i mean the, the improvements they Not made and they gave up nothing yeah i couldn't believe it i i'm i'm not used to it I don't know what's going on, but it's odd. It's we'll odd. Take, I, I, I did know. I, I was like, "Oh, Brandon Cooks got traded." I'm like to the Cowboys, and, and you know, yeah, you, I know you were very, it. you were very like, "Why trade Amari Cooper for nothing?" Yeah, um, yep. but I was never an Amari Cooper believer. So to me, I was just like, "Okay, the it's Cowboys." Not necessarily that I'm like a huge. I was a huge Amari Cooper believer, but I wasn't a believer in trading him for nothing. But then they did the same trade to pick up cooks so yeah it's yeah it's honestly they did they had a great offseason an incredible offseason i can't believe i can't believe we're saying that but anyway that is a perfect segue to the next question if you were the cowboys who and when would you target running back and tight end specifically obviously um they let dalton schultz go in free agency he signed a one-year deal with the texans and uh cut Zeke knew that was coming I think Zeke is still on track to sign with the Bengals it looks like uh but nothing official just yet I would love it um, I would take I'd welcome it with open arms I, I said the same thing got a few friends that are Bengals fans one was a little skeptical and I said I said from the start because I knew he was going to get cut I said he would be a great fit for the Bengals because he really is a good pass blocker he's phenomenal you know they're gonna want you know they're gonna want to pass block so uh, they're yeah, gonna like, pass. Oh lot. no, we have to like replace Samaje P. Ryan, who I literally blamed yeah. for a Super Bowl loss. Like, what a shame. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I'm the Cowboys and I'm replacing him, by the way, I'm looking yeah. at this is this is a deep cut. A lot of people don't know this guy, Sam Laporta from Iowa, in in the second round, not in the first. I, I, if you take him at 26, Cowboys fans are gonna be fucking furious. And yeah. I can honestly say, just shut up and watch the guy play football. Like, okay. he's not – he's incredible. He's incredible. I mean, th- there's a good track record from tight ends from that school, so. Yeah, he's incredible. Running back-wise, I'd say Gibbs or Charbonnet. Bijan's probably out of the question. I don't know if the Cowboys really should be going running back at all. Um, okay. I, I, I think drafting somebody way later, even Deuce – you know, the 5'5 five, five kid from Kansas State. I say kid. Actually, yeah, I'm older than these guys now. They might be able to beat the shit out of me, but I'm older than them. Um, but the kid from Kansas State who's 5'5", five, five, incredible. But also an incredible athlete. If he was 5'10", he'd be the first overall pick. 
Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, he's that good of, a, of of an athlete. He was just five five. Um, but yeah, I think Deuce in the later rounds and Sam Laporta. If you could get him in round two for the Cowboys, that is a home run. That's uh, Deuce Vaughn, by the way, number one podcast yeah. listeners. The running back from Kansas State. Baby um, Deuce. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. I don't know that there's a running back out there unless you can get a good value. Like, you know, Gibbs somehow sw- falls at a decent clip. But then is Gibbs and, and Tony Pollard a good combo together? No. I mean, they do redundant shit. The pro- that's yeah. why I'm saying the Cowboys investing in a running back is probably not a good idea. But taking one when they're the best player available makes sense. Yep. Got it. Okay. I like this one. Kind of connects to the combine a little bit uh, as we move into the draft. Do you think measurables like height, weight, hand size matter nearly as much as the narrative or is that for the public and nfl teams largely disregard that stuff when it comes to qb specifically so i have inside information on this i know i i was i was given permission to quote him a couple times on certain things he works a friend of mine works for an nfl team in the analytics department um a lot of times these things are tiebreakers only Okay. And people don't realize that. So, like, if someone has small hands and someone has giant hands and they like the small hands guy more, they don't give a shit about the hand size. But if all things are considered, they're like, you know, it's neck and neck. They go with the guy with less risk and less risk is more traditional. So these things are largely manufactured. Look at Joe Burrow. Didn't he tweet? He was, like, retiring from the NFL. Like, (laughs) Yeah, because of small hands. I remember he made a big joke of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's one of those things that it doesn't actually matter to NFL teams unless it's, like, the the deciding factor. Makes sense. That's how you'd hope it would be. Yeah, they now, just use it as a tiebreaker. And he specifically, his job, I again, I was given permission, so I don't feel bad, like, setting this up, stuff up, is taking these measurables and applying them to what they have, like, Ideally, So he's given certain players, they're like, we really love Micah Parsons, hypothetically. It's not Micah Parsons, and he doesn't work for the Cowboys. That's why I'm using this example. But, hey, we really love what we have in Micah Parsons. His contract's coming up. Can you find a guy who most similarly fits into his specifics? Oh, yeah. Yes. So that way, if we can't get a deal done with him, we have a guy that can relatively plug in behind him. Got it. And that's like his main job is actually, and they do it with guys on other teams. Oh, hey, we, we really love what, I don't know, Drake London has. What guys yeah. have the, we were really pissed we missed out on Drake London. What guys have similar makeups to Drake London athletically, you know, and from, and from a measurement standpoint. And then maybe we could just teach them to do Drake London stuff. And I thought that yeah. was really interesting when I found out about that because I largely never believed NFL teams really did that ever i never thought they thought that way yeah but they do they straight up will say like hey who's who's like travis kelsey that's freaking awesome makes so much sense yeah when i heard that i was like oh of course but like never before in my but when i heard it i was just like they're not doing that but they'll be like hey and you'll that's why you see a lot of teams and you'll notice now and i went back and i was checking his team for the years he worked there without giving too much up. I and went back and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. They were drafting guys 
and being like, this guy emulates another guy on the roster or this guy. And it's like they do it a lot with free agents. They look at the free agents class and they're like, next year's class has X in it. You know, we want to sign him. They already know this. Like they're already having these discussions internally. They're like, if we can't, who's a guy we could draft in the sixth or seventh that's like him? And we can yeah. kind of see what we can make work. Or they use that sixth or seventh guy as a placeholder. Does his skill set match what we want from the guy we want to sign? And wow. if they're like, oh, this works, they'll use these players as like test runs almost. That's fun. That's, what, that's where a lot of undrafted free agent stuff happens. That's what I was told. He's like, a lot of times they'll say like, you know, they don't even believe in a player. They'll just be like... And this didn't happen, but hypothetically, Adam Thielen. They were just like, oh, hey, we like, you know, uh, what someone else brings in the NFL. Adam Thielen vaguely fits that profile. Let's just bring him in. And sure enough, it worked out for them. Right. But I did think that was interesting. So I can say very, very fascinating. Yeah. The measurables do matter, but not the way you think they do. The, an NFL team is not looking at a quarterback's hand size and saying he can't. He's obvi- the, what's crazy is for fans to even think it matters. Who the fuck has ever seen Joe Burrow play football and been like, can he actually <laughs> play quarterback? His hands are kind of small. It like makes no sense. And like you've seen these guys do it over and over. It's not like it's not like Kenny Pickett didn't play eighteen years of football, right? You know what I mean? So, it's not it's not like Embiid or someone who came over late from the from a different country and was like learning the sport so my follow-up question to that though is it'll be particularly discussed and already has been in this draft because of bryce young's height again now, yeah not it's just a, a tiebreaker yep. got it that's it look um, at bryce young they've seen him th- you know who he's throwing over he's throwing over nfl sized guys yep. in alabama yeah it's now, not like he's playing exactly playing some yeah. Which is when it would matter, you know, if, and that's why you never see these tiny guys get drafted out of these shitty schools because they have too much going against them. Josh Allen played at Wyoming. That was a shitty school. Look at all the guys in North Dakota State that are getting drafted. You know, Carson yeah. Wentz. These guys are big prototypical guys because they fit the profile of something. They, I mean, obviously, Wentz, Lance and Allen were all first round picks. They were all top 10 picks. But it's one of those things where. It doesn't matter. They're not looking at Bryce Young and saying, oh, can he play football? He obviously can play football. That is not – it's never – like, look at C.J. Stroud. The guy looks like he's – like Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson literally could not look more like what I want an NFL player to look like in terms of his height, weight, muscles, charisma. The guy's fucking funny. He's like like, literally – Ideal NFL quarterback right there. And – and literally, he sucks at football so much that they're like, I don't, I don't know if he could pass the ball. We've seen him try to throw the ball a thousand times, and he's not that great at it. And it, it, it matters, but it just, it's a tiebreaker only. Good to hear, actually. Okay. Um, these ones, I want to include these uh, little creative usernames they submitted uh, because they gave me a good giggle. All right. This is from user conditional Texans fan 69. Nice. <laughs> if Scroud is off the board, what is the best play for the Texans? Clearly, uh, this particular person is 
team CJ Stroud, rightfully so. Go Bucks. I see that. Um, do you believe in Bryce Young? Spoiler alert: He does. Who is smaller than the GM? Aforementioned Nick Casario. Or do you take a flyer on uh, Richardson? Or then do you take the field like someone like Will Anderson? I think this is actually a really interesting question, and it's something I've talked about a lot in my circles. One of the things that people don't realize is the Texans just had the greatest defensive end, arguably, in NFL history in J.J. Watt, right? Everyone can say that. That team was fucking dog shit because they didn't have a good quarterback. So even if Will Anderson ends up the greatest defensive end in NFL history, he's still not as valuable as a good quarterback. Now, the NFL does not have the right mentality, or I guess I don't have the right mentality because it's not like the NFL could be wrong. But I think the Texans' problem here is that they almost have to take a quarterback when they should not be worried about taking a quarterback. It should not even be – if they don't believe – Let's. I mean, I do believe in Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young goes first, spoiler alert. So C.J. Stroud should be there for them. But if the Texans are looking at C.J. Stroud and they think, I don't know, or they're not 100% sold on him, just don't draft him. Just don't do yeah. it. It's, it's that simple. It's that easy. Quarterback is so important that you're actually better off sucking and giving yeah. your team no hope and just drafting a really good player. Because, again, what's the most valuable thing – in the NFL, a rookie contract quarterback. Rookie quarterback, yep. That's the most valuable thing. Putting yep. C.J. Stroud on this Texans team maybe gets them to six wins. It's not yep. like nothing is going to fix this team instantly. So if right. if they aren't sold on a quarterback, they shouldn't take one. Any NFL team should not be like, we need a quarterback. We got, And it happens all the time. It happens all the time. If you aren't sold on a quarterback, you shouldn't take one just because you need one. The Texans need yeah. about 15 starters on that team. Yeah. There's, there's, and someone else, let someone else take that risk. Let someone else trade up and take the quarterback, you know? Like the Texans yeah. were never a trade up option to number one for two reasons. I don't, be- one reason, I don't believe that they think CJ Stroud or Bryce Young are surefire picks. I don't think they think either one of those guys is a definite to be great. And yeah. two, I think Demeco Ryans understands this team is a disaster, and it yeah. and taking you know t- and trading down was a more likely option for them. You know, if yeah. somebody else wanted to do that, imagine how pissed the Cardinals would be if the Texans suddenly traded down with the Raiders or somebody, and yeah. and the Cardinals are like, well, our pick's useless, like that that that's it now because no one's going to be sure. trading up for Will Levis or Anthony Richardson at this point because the Colts yeah, are going to take the, something. yeah. Exactly. So the Colts are going to take whichever one they want, if they want either of them. The Texans walk away with a blue chip prospect. And next year's first. And newsflash, because you're terrible, you can go get a Drake May or a Caleb Williams, whoever you want next year, if you think they're good enough. So if Stroud's off the board, the best play for the Texans is to ask themselves internally, do we actually believe – because Demeco Ryans is saying some – very weird shit which people are like oh it's really nice he thinks this way oh it's really good but like he's like oh i'm not asking someone to come in and save this team if you draft a quarterback you are absolutely asking somebody to come in and save this team no quarterback has patrick mahomes got drafted to an amazing team Uh, he got drafted to a really good chiefs team with a really really good head coach 
And he didn't even have to play right away. And you'll remember, I was so high on Patrick Holmes. I was like, yeah. Patrick Holmes is, I actually said, could be the greatest quarterback of all time. I've never seen someone with that level of balance and arm strength, and I've still never seen it. He's still the, the greatest quarterback thrower I've ever seen in my life. And even Patrick Mahomes would not save this Texans team right now. Wow. It you need you need to make a right decision every single day to win in the NFL. And if the Texans aren't sold on a guy, the right decision is taking a Will Anderson or Tyree. And I know we just watched JJ Watt. I know we just watched them waste a, a guy's career. But guess what? It doesn't matter because they drafted Watson, who was great for them at 14, they tra- or whatever they drafted him, 12, whatever pick they took. Yeah. But he was great for them. That's a guy they believed in, and they went and got him. If they really yeah. wanted, if they really believed in one of these guys, they would have traded to one. Yeah, it's true. Sorry, Good long point. answer, but I'm just passionate about the way teams handle quarterbacks. I dig it. You've been right before, so. I, I just otherwise? I I see this constantly. Look at the look at the year the Bills took EJ Manuel because they were like, well, we need a quarterback. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just did it arbitrarily. Yeah, they're just like, no, it it's not. It doesn't work that way. It's like it's like asking a girl to be your wife because you're like, oh, I'm getting up there. I got to get married soon. It's that's not going to work. <laughs> so romantic. Yeah, that's uh, it's just how I think. Okay, this is from user. <laughs> Uh, massage envy of <laughs> uh, go browns does <laughs> does the lamar jackson situation get resolved before during or after the draft i think you already uh after answered this yep. is after the draft yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say day two i'll say literally okay. if, the, if like someone like anthony richardson doesn't fall anthony richardson probably will not fall to the ravens or right it might it'll be too expensive to trade up if he does start to fall but i do think that if anthony richardson fell they would just draft Anthony Richardson and trade Lamar Jackson somewhere. I, I don't think that's a very realistic situation of happening, but I think that right after that doesn't happen, the Ravens are going to say, okay. Uh, and, and the Ravens probably don't want to sign Lamar. The Ravens probably want somebody to do it. And you have to trade your first, your consecutive firsts for in the way that, that tag works. So a team like the Texans could draft Will Anderson at two, and then trade next two years firsts for wow. for Lamar Jackson, which I also think is is in play. So I would say it just happens day two of the NFL draft. Love it, even specific on the answer. Okay, this is from user the only cards fan. <laughs> uh, assuming any combination of Young Strago one two. Is it worth jumping up to three to get Richardson or Levis? Uh, again, you kind of went over this one, uh, but are Richardson or Levis worth that jump up to you? No. Uh, I'm actually extremely low on Levis. I think he's uh, a terrible, terrible project to take on unless you're an elite team. If Will Levis falls to a really good team, I don't know Like I don't know what team could take him. I honestly, like, just thinking on the top of my brain, uh, looking at it right now, say hypothetically – the Cowboys took him. Uh, sorry, okay. but say hypothetically the Cowboys took him at 26. He could be good there. He gets to sit okay. behind Dak or whatever. They trade Dak. I, again, the Vikings at 23 is a realistic one. Um, he sits behind Cousins for a year, and he's stepping into a good team. Yeah. I think that's his only situation. Anthony Richardson, again, if you could just teach the guy to throw the football, he's going to be incredible. <laughs> yeah. 
He yeah. just sucks at throwing the football. And at this point, and I, I love at this point, people are like, oh, it's his leg work. It's all this. Stuff. It doesn't matter. He's 21, maybe he's 20. But by now, he should be good at throwing the football. He's been trying to do it his whole life. So not being good at it right now is just a huge red flag. All right. Uh, this one might be my favorite one, actually. This one is from user Sleepless in Sleep Battle. Great. Love it. Shout out what you. What do, baby? Yeah. Okay. What do the Lions and Seahawks do in day one and day two of the NFL draft? Uh, obviously, we went over they each have five picks. Do they use any of their picks to get a quarterback? Obviously, you have uh, Geno Smith, who is signed to a deal, kind of a mutually like prove it deal but not too long term for the seahawks and obviously the lines have jared goff who uh they were one game or one game away from making the playoffs do they use any of their picks to get a quarterback or do those two teams stick with best available outside the qb position Nah, both those teams are going to revamp their defense there's an eight taking a quarterback first of all golf could be the guy in Detroit, the offense was not the problem at all last year. He looked yeah. great for them. Geno Smith again wasn't the problem in Seattle. It was their defense. I think both of these teams use both their first round picks to take defensive guys, and they make a real run at it. Both these teams were borderline playoff teams. Uh, either way, the Seahawks just made it over the curve, and the Lions yeah. just missed it. So yep. I I do genuinely think that. These teams are players away from making a run at a Super Bowl. And neither of these teams is going to waste those picks developing a guy. And again, there's not a guy at five or six that's going to be an elite player. Right. You know, this isn't there isn't even a Justin Fields. The, the, the one draft had uh, Lawrence, Wilson, Lance and Justin Fields, right? Yep. That was the draft. Lawrence and Fields were the only two guys that I were con- I was confident these guys can step in right now and play winning football if they need to. Yeah. That was it. The, the, the Wilson and the Lance of it both did not work out because drafting a quarterback based on what he can be in the future is almost always a bad idea. So unless they think there's a guy, you know, if Anthony Richardson falls to 18, Anthony Richardson falls to 20, I could see it. Will Levis, I see. I literally have Will Levis, I think, to the Bucks at 19. So it's, I, I could absolutely see one of those teams taking a run at him there. Neither of these teams are using their, four, or their five or six pick on a quarterback, and it would be insane. And if they do, they're wrong. That's a really bad thing, and they've completely bungled the benefit of trading their aging franchise quarterback they weren't going to win with. I feel like most reasonable Lions and Seahawks fans would agree with you there. You'd be shocked. Some, some people are, they were. yeah. Some people are like, "Hey, you know," and I get this side of it too. But some people are like, "Hey, we've really turned the ship around." Lions fans specifically are like, "Hey, we're good. Yeah. Don't forget, this isn't our pick. We're picking with, like, we, we're we're not going to be able to pick that high." But no amount of picks would stop you from going up and getting your guy. Look at what the Rams gave up to get Goff. You know what I yep. mean? It's like they were at 16 or something when they were originally picking. They were No amount of picks is going to stop you from getting your guy. And I believe that – I just believe that wholeheartedly. And I don't think either of these teams think Levis or Richardson is the guy, especially not at 5-6. and six. Got it. All right. Um, now I wanted to get your rankings on some uh, position groups that seem kind of jumbled. You see different uh, rankings by different sources. So I wanted to get your – um, 
how these guys stack up. First up is QB ranking. I feel like you've kind of hinted at it, but how do you rank the following uh, prospects? The I'll go with the big four. If you want to add someone in that sneaks in before any of them, I'll leave that to you. But how do you rank CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis? Uh, Bryce Young, CJ, uh, let's say Bryce Young, little gap, Stroud, Richardson, big gap, Levis. Got it. That's how I would rank those guys. I just think, I I just don't know how, I don't know how he, he fixes this stuff. I don't know how Levis fixes what he needs going on. And it's just not one of those things I think happens fast. So for you, number one podcast listeners, um, on Thomas's big board, he's got uh, Bryce Young as his eighth best overall prospect across all positions. Um, as far as the other two, you, you said there's a small gap. Overall, you have CJ Stroud as the 32nd best prospect and Anthony Richardson as 33rd. Um, and then, like yeah. you said, there's a big gap. Uh, it doesn't seem that way number-wise, but I know you're saying talent-wise. Will Levis is 43rd on your board. Yeah, and I know it's just I think there's so many good players between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and I would take all of those guys over that drop-down, but I would rather take some guys below Will Levis because when you take a quarterback, you're actually you're, you're fucking forced to play this quarterback. You're stuck with yeah. him or you're just burning the pick. So I think that in that range – if you, I would have every single team. If if got if somehow C.J. Stroud drops past five, if he makes it to the Seahawks and they don't take him, that's dumb, and it just gets dumber and dumber every single pick that they do it because C.J. Stroud doesn't need that much work to be a, a playable NFL quarterback. He really doesn't need that much work. Anthony Richardson. Also doesn't need that much work, but the work he needs is so important. It's literally learning to play quarterback. It's like it's like it's all these guys are about a year of burning their talent away. I think Stroud can get there. And the reason I have him and Richardson is if Stroud doesn't get there, Anthony Richardson is say Stroud and Richardson don't get there. Richardson could literally just beat you with his legs. Stroud yeah. can't do that. Stroud needs to put it together, but he's more likely to do so. Richardson needs to put it together, but is less likely to. Uh, Richardson has somehow the higher floor and higher ceiling. That's why him and Stroud are close. I just think Stroud hits his ceiling much more likely. Got it. Extremely more likely. I, I I can't stress that enough, but that's the reason they're close. So obviously Bryce Young has a round one grade. Do Stroud and Richardson have round one grades, or are they just beyond that to you? Stroud's a round one guy, round one guy for me. Richardson is not. They're very specifically at 32 and 33. Um, I think taking Stroud and getting that extra year with him is super yeah. important because – and. I love this, and a lot of people think this way because for what some people think, Hendon Hooker, who is not worth a draft pick, should be taken at the end of the first round because, oh, you get the extra fifth year with him. First of all, he's going to be 30 when he signs that contract when he, when yeah. you're extending that, which yeah. is insane. But the reason Stroud is worth the first round pick is because at five years from now, 
Stroud's going to be a good quarterback. And you want that fifth-round pick to keep his cap low. And the reason Richardson isn't worth it is you're going to know by year three or four whether or not Anthony Richardson's worth the extension. There's no you don't need the cheap year. You're not going to get a cheap. Yeah. You'd rather be able to get out of him quicker. Yep. Without That's my line there. Tier cap. Love that. Yeah. Um so you nailed your dark horse quarterback prospect last year, Bailey Zappi. He was he ended up starting a couple games for the Patriots, yep. even had them thinking twice about Mac Jones. Again, um, I did have a first round pick on Zappi. I did, I did. So when he yeah. played, when he came in and he played, and he played, I, to my belief, I, re- I remember texting and messaging you about that when he started playing. I was like, yeah, he called it. I, I mean, I watch these guys. I watch like almost all these quarterbacks throw every snap they can um, in college. And for Zappi, it was almost like two thousand or something like that. But I do believe that Zappi hasn't lost a game he started yet. I could be wrong. I, I haven't watched all his NFL throws, or I haven't watched all his NFL games, but I do believe he hasn't lost a game he started. Wow. It's just, I, I again, don't quote me on it. It's something I would look into, but I do believe he hasn't. I think he started two games, and they won both. So, Congratulations. You played yourself. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, going back to Jones is a disaster, but back to Dark Horse Prospects. Um, yes. Who's, who's, your, who's your zappy of this year? Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but Clayton Toon from Houston. Uh, Go Cougs. Shout out yes, to the fam. If he got taken in the first round, I would say, wow, that team really knows what they're doing. Wow. I would say I don't even – I he is so tough, and he is the epitome of what I suck at doing. I can't separate someone's ability – from their tangible value i know a team is not going to take him in the first round so he's not on my top 30 i i know he's not because that's just not how these these things work people look at where someone was drafted and compare them to a big board a big board isn't even really talent wise it's as much as it should be it should be pure talent but really it's about value and his if you some team is going to get him and I guarantee, I guarantee that that team is gonna is gonna have to look in themselves and be like, should we play Clayton Tune over our starter? Wow. Some team is gonna take him and watch him throw the ball and be like, uh, he's really good. <laughs> like, oh man, you know, we thought we were just grabbing a guy, but we might have got the guy. Wow. Six three. Two fifteen. I think he played five years or something in college. I'm just saying, it's all there. Clayton Toon, you heard it here first, number one podcast listeners. Okay, last but not least, over under for quarterbacks taken in round one. If I give you four and a half, ooh, uh, under. If someone takes Hendon Hooker in the first, they that things are bad. Yeah, I was gonna say that that'd be the one. You almost have to think it's going to be one of those kind of... It feels like Hendon Hooker is the one that's being talked about because he's going on a lot of visits, the their t- top 30 prospect visits. So yeah. Kind of where there's smoke, there's fire type thing. But Bad um, idea. Yeah, I, I tend <laughs> to agree idea. it's going to be those four that we talked about before. Not worth a draft pick. Not worth a draft pick. Okay, okay. next up uh, in position rankings, wide receiver. 
Uh, obviously, it's pretty wide open with who people prefer, but uh, if I give you these names, and feel free to add in any that I missed. Okay. Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt. How do you rank those guys? JSN. I love JSN. So JSN. Addison. Flowers. Downs. Johnston. Hyatt. Wow, you're lower on Johnson than most folks, huh? Uh, Yeah, and I'm actually higher on Hyatt. I would put Hyatt over him. I just know it's not close. Like, I know that that's not going to happen. So doing it, that's where I'm saying there's like a disconnect. Yeah. Like, I just know that's not going to... Like, I would have Clayton Toon over Will Levis. But if I did that, people would th- be like, oh, he's Chris Sims. He's just a fucking hot takes <laughs> guy. Like, but it's like, I don't want to be that guy. So it's like, I just... Yeah. These aren't the... These are the like, you don't you want to lose your credibility. Exactly. Because people would literally be like, what does this fucking guy know? And I'm like, what am I going to wait? In five years, that person's not going to... When they see Clayton Toon starting in a Super Bowl, they're not going to be like, oh, that guy was right. I should apologize to him on Twitter. Like, that's that's not happening. Wouldn't that be sweet if that's how it worked? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it would be so great. But I would be doing so much apologizing. Yeah, I know. I don't want to be held responsible for my hot yeah. takes the other way. I just want to be rude. Yeah. I give you a similar over-under. Four and a half wide receivers taken over-under. Under. I'm going to say four again. Okay. And I think it might be three. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think my mock I have four, but if someone didn't take Zay Flowers, I would not be shocked. He does seem like a um, borderline per uh, Zay Flowers did go see, yeah. did get, uh, take a visit to Dallas, so... I, again, would love it, but I, I just I would not be shocked if some team went elsewhere. Got it. Okay, um, we're gonna round out uh, the offensive rankings uh, before I give you a couple of defensive groups. Okay, let's do it. Tight end. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about tight end. Uh, this one is another one that you see a lot of different rankings. Obviously, yeah. you brought up Laporta earlier in discussing about the Cowboys, um, but the big names you hear. Michael Meyer, Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave, and the aforementioned Laporta. How would you rank those guys? Mayer, Kincaid, okay. Musgrave. Actually, Mayer, Kincaid, Laporta, Musgrave, Washington. And I really like this tight end class. Okay. I, I really like this tight end class. If you told me... That a couple of years from now, they're like, wow, this, that was one of the greatest tight end classes ever. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. It does seem very, um, it seems like a pretty nice and deep group. Like, uh, well, you got everything. A lot of talent. Yeah. And you, you got, got like the the high potential pick in Washington to round out the top five, too. Yeah. And what's crazy about Washington is he's actually going to function more as an inline blocker. He's going to be doing more chip and releases than anything else. He's never even going to be a great wide out or a great receiver, despite being six seven. And it's yeah, and like it, I'm sure he'll be a red zone threat too. Like you, yeah. That way, it's right? just yeah. he's going to be a very good weapon for a team to have. Okay, how many tight ends do you think go in round one? Ooh, I'll say two. 
I'll say yeah. two. It should be three. Is it the top? Is it top two? The mayor Kincaid? You think? Yeah, so? yeah. I I think it should be three, but I think it'll be two. Okay. Again, teams I, generally don't do what's I, best afterwards. Not saying I know what's best necessarily, but I'm just saying yeah. teams generally don't know don't do the most ideal thing. Like the Rams took two two Atwell. There was like Nick Bolton was on the board. There was like a hundred guys they could have taken that were better players, but they still took two two Atwell. So in that scenario, I was wrong. But I and my best friend's a Rams fan. I was watching the draft with him. He's like, "What? What grade did you have on him?" And I was like, "Undrafted." He's like, "Well, he went in the second. I'm like, "Well, I don't know whose fault that is. I guess we can only <laughs> can only wait to find out. Either I was really wrong or they are." So, so a uh, number one podcast listeners, to go back to your mock, you have Dalton Kincaid. Uh, even though you ranked uh, Michael Mayer ahead of him, you had Dalton Correct. Kincaid going fifteen to the Packers. Yep. Um, you have Michael Mayer going 28 to the Bengals. Yep. Uh, which would be a great get for them uh, and fit very well. I'm sure he'd do just fine there. Uh, yeah. And uh, Sam Laporta going 31 to the Chiefs, which, based on what you said, would be uh, Rich getting richer. Um, yeah. Well, Kels but- is actually getting up there. And also, Laporta, they run a lot of two tight end sets. And with yeah. the loss of some wideouts. They're probably just going to use more two tight end sets. Like the Chiefs are going to be fucking fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, they. I'm sure they'll find uh, the perfect use for him. <laughs> exactly, and, and that's why I, I put him there specifically because I was like, if any team is going to use this guy perfectly, it's the Chiefs. Yep. Okay, let's go over to the defense. I have two position groups for you. First up is um, one that seems like we hear a lot of different names. Uh, Defensive end or edge. Uh, if I give you the names, Will Anderson Jr., Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, and we'll put in Will McDonald the fourth. How do you rank those guys from the edge? Uh, Will Anderson, Tyree William or Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, Nolan uh, Lucas Van Ness, Nolan Smith. And Will McDonald. Okay. I also actually don't like Will McDonald and also think he will not be a good NFL player. Right. I don't, I have, uh, I can't say his fucking name, but Tuli Tui Paluto from USC over him and, and Derek Hall and BJ Ojolari. Like I, I re- I'm really low on Will McDonald. Okay. He's the guy out of Iowa state, uh, that was getting a lot of love in the pro day. I believe it was. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Edge seems like beyond most people knowing about Will Anderson, and then obviously Tyree Wilson's a big name that's uh, making a lot of waves. Seems like kind of foregone that he's those two guys are going to go top 10 at some point, but the other guys kind of all get jumbled up. Yeah. But okay. And last position group I have for you for corner is cornerback. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, you mentioned earlier Christian Gonzalez was your top cornerback prospect. So the names I give you, Christian Gonzalez, uh, Devon Weatherspoon, Joey Porter Jr., Cam Smith, and anyone else you want to add in at corner, how would you rank them? Yeah. Uh, Gonzalez, Porter Jr., Cam Smith, mm, Devon Witherspoon at that point, and then Deontay Banks probably. Okay. Keely Ringo is like 
again, I wouldn't take him in the first. It's just the 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 so many guys get bumped up just from the benefit of having the extra year versus so many guys I don't want the extra year. Um, yeah. Like I look at all the NFL teams that like don't want that fifth year option. Like it was yeah. like a fucking grueling process for the Giants. Like they probably wish they could have got out of him a year earlier. Yep. Then he played uh, just well enough they had to sign him. <laughs> and and I don't think they wanted to, but they can't afford to not to. Yep. So Keely Ringo is one of those guys that I think is going to hang around, and you're going to be like, oh, I guess we got to resign him because he was good for us for four years, and you really don't want yeah. to. You really want someone else to be the team that pays him. Right. Okay. Um, speaking of position groups, I want to yes. get your take on what positions have a clear lock for their top prospect. Uh, for example, I'll give you like running back Bijan Robinson. Is he the far and away clear yep. running back one? Um, that seems like the most obvious one, but are there any other position groups like that? Uh, one of my hot takes for this uh, draft is no, it's just Bijan Robinson. That's it. Wow. Every, everyone else I can hear other directions or different things and, and things like that. But I, I could just say okay. the only guy I'm confident 100% is going to be the best player from his position class is Bijan Robinson. I could see guy Jalen Carter I could see. But again, yeah. it depends on how you measure it because he's not going to be a guy that gets you 15 sacks a year. And right. uh, Kalijah Kansi very well could be that guy. So it's just not going to look that way. Okay. I also think uh, B. John Robinson's my top player in this draft, and I know that the value of a running back is basically in the dirt, but Seattle and Detroit should both be like, both of those guys have running backs. Like, both of those teams have good running backs, and still both of them should take B. John Robinson. And uh, I don't believe they will, but both of those teams would uh, would definitely benefit from him. He's just an unbelievable runner. Lions make a lot of sense because, you know, they do have DeAndre Swift. They lost Jamal Williams in free agency, but they used Williams more down the stretch, and Swift hasn't been able to stay healthy. So would make a lot of sense, and – you know, it's the exact type of style yeah. that Dan Campbell wants to play. So it'd be kind of a fun pick. Yeah. Um, okay. What is the deepest position group? Tight end. Tight end. All right. What is the weakest position group? Ooh, this one's tough. I'm going to say safety. Okay. It um, is Brian Branch, your top safety from Alabama. Yeah, Brian Branch. I, I happen to love Jamie Robinson. Um, a lot, which is why I couldn't say Brian Branch was head and shoulders going to be the best time name, by the way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I wish he played corner, but and also Christopher <laughs> Smith. But outside of those guys, there's not a lot of guys I would draft. Okay. Bad news if you need a safety. It makes me more glad that the Cowboys took care of their nice little trio of safeties that work well for their defense. Dan Quinn's defense. Yeah. Best offensive prospect you already stated is Bijan Robinson, correct? Yes. Who is after Bijan? On offense? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it's really just skill JSN, position, right? guys. Yeah, it's JSN. It's just skill. You could skip offensive linemen. They're not they're just like the best defensive prospect, which I'm guessing is the next question, uh, yeah. is going to be something along the lines of like, it's Jalen Carter, but really it's Christian Gonzalez. Like no one's going to enjoy the way Jalen Carter plays football. <laughs> yeah. And the things he does like are unsexy things. 
like it's just one of those guys where you're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, he's if he's so good, why does he get four sacks and twenty tackles a year? Yeah. And it's like because he's slow and he's huge right. and it's like you know he also bats down five passes on third down it's just like he plays an unsexy game right okay i wanted to um we did this last year i thought it was fun um your top five picks who it will be like who do you who you think based on need that yeah. it'll end up being and who you think it should be if you were drafting for each of the top five teams Cool. So I'll run down based on your mock draft, and then uh, give me your top five of what you um, think should happen. So in your mock draft, which again we will um, add in here for you, number one podcast listeners, in your mock draft you have uh, Bryce Young going number one to the Carolina Panthers. Yep. C.J. Stroud going number two to the Houston Texans. Yep. Uh, Jalen Carter going to the Cardinals. Yep. Anthony Richardson going number four to the Colts and yep. Will Anderson Jr. going number five to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, give me your what should happen mock draft top five. Uh, Carolina should go Bryce Young. They traded up to one, so they have to take a quarterback. There's no other option yep. there. The Houston Texans should take should take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, or Tyree Wilson. They should take a defender there. They're not going to, but they should take a defender. Um, the Cardinals should trade down. If I did trades in my mock, I would have them trading down. Um, but I think that if they are stuck at three, they should take Carter. Um, four, I think the Colts actually should take uh, Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson because, again, they're not and they're they're not going to develop Richardson. It's just I would love for them to. I'd love to be wrong, but they're just not going to do it. They haven't been able to develop anybody. And Seattle should take the other one. You know Wilson. I guess at this point, if I have they the Cardinals should or if I have Car- if the Houston should take Carter, Arizona should take Anderson. Then they should take Wilson. Got it. I also Christian Gonzalez for uh, Seattle would be fucking great, and you know pair him with Tariq Woolen. Yeah. I just don't I don't think teams I think teams try to get balanced too often. And you you'll see you'll notice a lot of the teams that have won look at what the Chiefs did, you know, this year. Like not a particularly balanced team. They like went out and they they won all their games by having a lot of good skill position players, really unique skill position players. You know, Kadarius Tony's a unique player, Miko Hardman's a unique player, Sky Moore's a unique player, Travis Kelsey, unique player. Um, they didn't really try to get balanced. And that's like how you win Super Bowls is by just having one thing you're really, really good at and dominating it. No, look at the Eagles just made it to the Super Bowl basically exclusively because they were the best short yardage running team in history. Yep. Like giving yourself a mismatch is more important than being well balanced. Yeah, because then you can just control the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, great. Uh Wanted to get a dark one or a couple dark horse prospects for, let's say, late day two into day three. You know, rounds three through seven, if you have any. Yeah, it's going to be Clayton Toon. Uh, yeah. th- that's where he's going to go, and he's going to be. He's. I, I was. I'm very confident that he's going to, at the very least, stick around in the NFL for a while. All right. Clayton Toon. Um, 
high ceiling prospect that will surprise? Okay, this is um, a hot take. Uh, Paris Johnson is unbelievably polished already. People yeah. say he's not so polished because he comes from that Ryan Day system. I think he actually has a much harder job than he will in the NFL, and he could surprise. And if if they told me Paris Johnson is a 10-time All-Pro and breaks Munoz's record, I would not be floored. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. He literally learned everything he needed to in college. Ryan Day did him no favors. Uh, who, who's the offensive line coach there? I don't know. It's I changed know. while he's been there. It's yeah, that's changed a couple he, times. Yeah, that's probably good for him. Like that's genuinely yeah. probably been good for him because he's learning so much. But uh, I, I, if you told me Paris Johnson ended up being uh, well worth a top five pick, I wouldn't be shocked. It's currently Justin Fry. It was Greg Stoudrawa. Um, I think it was. I can't remember before that, but I think he would have had those two predominantly while while he had significant playing time. Yeah, but then he uh, he had that mess of a season where they played five offense linemen out of position. They tried to play the best five they had, and it was disaster. It was weird. Yeah, um, but love to hear that. I know uh, just for you, number one podcast listeners, as far as tackle goes, you hear kind of Paris Johnson Jr. and the tackle out of Northwestern, Peter Skaronski, mentioned as the top top two tackles most of the time. Um, you do mix in a couple other guys, but in your mock draft, you have Paris Johnson Jr. going seven to the Raiders, and you have Skaronsky going 11 to the Titans. Yep. Um, okay. What prospect is overrated? Uh, Will McDonald, Will Levis. A uh, lot, lot of Wills. Uh, Will yeah. McDonald, Will Levis, and Quentin Johnson. Okay. Love it. Those are names most people are hearing through the draft, so those are names you're hearing a lot in round one. Um, okay, you've sprinkled them in. Do um, you have any additional hot takes for the number one podcast listeners to leave them with? I have one that I, I have somewhat been, I guess, saving in the chamber for this moment. What it do, baby? Um, yes. I know, I know. It's incredible. I would not be shocked to see the Seahawks take Nolan Smith at five. Whoa, I would that is my hot take is Nolan Smith could go as high as five and another hot take, which I think is possible. The Titans trade up to two to take CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson. Wow. I think if could you imagine the price to trade within the division? I think it could happen. I think I think if they decide to keep Derrick Henry. And they say, you know, give me Anthony Richardson, give me C.J. Stroud. Tannehill fucking sucks. He's always sucked. He's a bum. But um, it's one of those things where I could see that happening. I could also see a lot of teams trying to make huge home run plays in this draft. Particularly, I would not be shocked to see the Jets package those one of those seconds whichever one isn't in the rogers trade because we know one of them's going to be and 13 to get into the top 10 maybe to try and take a, a blue chip guy wow love that that's what we came here for we may found a way to make it spicy even though you played yourself was a little shorter yeah we okay. did what we could yes um that wraps up all the questions i want to thank you number one podcast listeners for submitting those for thomas to answer it did not disappoint, Thomas. Appreciate your expertise and insight into the all these 
random questions here and there. I'm happy to help. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to what you're feeling. So, Thomas, other than the NFL draft, what are you feeling lately? Um, my weight loss journey. I just started it. Um, I've decided to be inconceivably hot again. What it do, I no baby? longer like being chubby. It's not fun. <laughs> I got m- many people that are close to me know I actually got fat as a bit. Um, I have always been very thin and, and athletic and stuff in my life. And I put on, no joke, 60 pounds. And I've only been able to get rid of 10 of it. So I I am fully committing from, from now to try and lose some weight, try and be more active. Um, I, I It is insane to get fat as a bit. I know that people struggle with body images, but yeah. I, I, I did it. I thought it would be more, I don't know how to say it, freeing. I thought it would be nicer to not worry about calories. And it, it's really kind of sick when you think about it. Because I, yeah. I looked at that, that lifestyle and thought of it as a negative thing, almost like freeing. I was like, must be nice to not care about what you eat. Like I was jealous of larger people when I was skinnier. But now that I'm larger, I just, like, hate the way clothes fit me. Um, yeah. I, it's, like, it's so much of it is, like, really fucked up on society. So I, I have, like, a, a unique perspective because I got large on purpose. But I am feeling t- finally committing to my weight loss journey. I did 16,000 steps today. I'm looking at my watch Damn. now. I did 16,000 steps and burned 2,500 calories. Shit. Ooh, we're on our incredible. way, baby. I know we're on our way. Love that. Um, What I'm feeling is Ellie Goulding's new album, Higher Than Heaven. Uh, It's my favorite album of hers since Halcyon back in the day. So uh, that's what got me into listening to Ellie Goulding. So it seems like it's a return to the classic. Uh, So a lot of folks don't know I'm hip hop heavy, but I do like my pop music. So that's what I'm feeling lately. And obviously, NFL draft fast approaching, hence why we did this episode. So I love this time of year. It's freaking phenomenal. I'm a draft nerd. It feels like more people are coming around to it, too. Um, So it should be a lot of fun as that comes up. Yeah, hell yeah. Anyway, you know how we like to wrap up each episode? Too much sense. So let's hit that too much sense intro, baby. Okay, my too much sense for this episode is um, about birthdays. So as I get older, I hear more and more people not excited to celebrate their birthdays. Fam, you should celebrate your birth, your people. They deserve to always know how you feel about them, but especially on their birthday, their day, it's a great excuse to tell someone what you mean to them. And what a beautiful thing to dedicate a day and part of the or part of the day to just sending love to someone that matters to you, even if they don't think the birthday is a big deal. Um, it's a nice way, uh, or reminder at least once a year to show those people you love that you love them. So that's my too much sense for this episode. I love it. Uh, I actually just had a birthday. Um, yes, you did. I am very notoriously not a birthday guy. I don't think I like celebrating other people's birthdays. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying. I do. Lo- I, yeah. I, everything you said is spot on as a not birthday guy. Uh, the only reason I'm not a birthday guy is, and Prem, you can account to this. You can attest to this. I try to make yeah. every day like somebody's birthday. Like, that's that. just that's just how I live yeah, my life. You are like that. You do. I just try to, like, every day I want someone to feel like anytime I come in contact, every time we text, I'm like, let me make sure he knows 
I love him. Let me let me go in above yeah. and beyond. How can I be a good friend? Because I honestly think that's what friendship is. Prem, you and I don't talk every day, but it's a, it's right. when we do, it's like nothing but great vibes, except when Georgia beats Ohio State. But it's yeah. nothing but great vibes. Not my and finest, not not my finest <laughs> moment. But I did apologize but, for my behavior. Yeah, and it, but see, it. the whole thing is, it's like every time I talk to you, I actually leave our conversations feeling great. It's like free therapy. Me too. So it's yeah. one of those things where it's like I actually that the only reason I'm not a birthday guy is because I don't like the concept of being like today I'm going to love you today I'm going to like give that. you your moment like today I'm yeah. going to give you your flowers but it is I will say a great excuse to do so yes I fully agree with that if you can be that way the way you are um, you don't need just one day to show someone their love but if you're not the best at it, then birthdays are a good excuse to at least do it. Hell yeah. And sometimes it's tough. That's actually the hardest part of being yeah. alive. Like being nice all the time is, is difficult. Like you're an extremely nice guy. And sometimes it's like yeah. you have your own shit going on. You have a baby. You have a wife. Like you have your yeah. life going on. You're stressed. But like yeah. you you still do it, dude. Always a positive vibe. I, I try to be unless it's football season as you as you witness. But, yeah. Uh, you never run yeah. podcast <laughs> listeners all. Always know that. Try to be positive most of the time, but sports is where uh, that falters a little, which is fine. It's usually to my own detriment. No one else's. Um, I try not to impact other people, but (laughs) you never know how much it spills into. But yeah, thank you. That means a lot. I try to be positive. I think uh, it's a good feeling when you can brighten somebody's day and you never know how to impact them. And I think it has a way of like kind of bouncing back at you when you make someone else feel feel good so it, there is that added benefit of uh your own self-happiness when you show love to other people so i genuinely believe that and it's gotten me this far so um you act on that all the time so it's gotta be about it hopefully it does produce that same result yeah but anyway you number one podcast listeners this does it for our nfl draft preview edition of prem brulee you already know it's number one podcast in your headphones the number one NFL draft preview for your headphones. As you approach it, make sure you take in all this expertise from our guy Thomas so that you can prove that you're smarter than anybody else talking NFL draft <laughs> as it comes up later this month. Heady alert. Heady alert. Heady alert. And you know the drill. Tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, comment, leave a review. We greatly appreciate it here at Prem Brulee. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, and I hope you enjoyed this edition. I want to thank you, Thomas, for joining me and providing your expertise. It's greatly appreciated, my guy. Always, always. I actually turned down other podcasts. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm a Prime exclusive. Amen. You love to hear it. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Hell yeah. So, you number one podcast listeners, enjoy it. You don't get these exclusives just anywhere. We're here for <laughs> you, the people. So, thank you, Thomas. And uh, we'll be sure in that episode description to link his mock draft and his top 50 board uh, so you can use it as you uh, watch the draft and enjoy yourself. Thank you again, Thomas. Always happy to be here.